0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and
1: book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're decoding bestseller lists and reviewing some book lights. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I uh, just finished a book called The Other Einstein by Heather Terrell. I've actually never heard of this. Whoa, it just like stumped the Mallory. <laughs> um, it's a reading glasses first. It's a fictional account of the woman who was married to Einstein, whose name is Mitza Merrick. And then I guess she became Mitza Einstein. And yeah, and they met in college, which was very rare for a woman to go to college back then, particularly for physics. And she was also really very smart, and then basically about their relationship. And man, if you want to hate Einstein, you should read this book. Yeah, I've heard he's kind of a butthole. They, She talks about it at the end of the book, about, you know, she doesn't know everything, but there's a lot of things, like, he wouldn't marry her for a long time, even though she was pregnant with his baby, and then she wasn't able to finish school because she got pregnant, and then she... But he does credit... Einstein credits her with being better at math than him, and all of these sort of things, but... Yeah, the whole book is sort of her account of their relationship, which is a very sad, horrible relationship in which she starts just being a backseat to Einstein, even though she helped him with everything and then got zero credit. It's really, it actually really bumped me out. I was like, my next book would be very happy and better be set in space. Puppies in Space for Bria.
0: Yeah. What are you you reading, Mallory? I am also reading, I mean, this isn't. It's not so sad. This is more angry. It's uh called Witches, Sluts and Feminists. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By Kristen Soleil. And it's sorta of, it's a it's pretty small. It's a pretty slim book, but it's just a collection of essays about how the history of witches is really a history of women and feminism and how that goes from like, you know, ancient Egypt all the way to, to now. And uh it's really, really interesting. I read a lot of books on feminism and I wear a lot of black, so this is a pretty
1: good This is it's perfect this for is a me. thin diagram of Mallory. Yeah,
0: it's it's great. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Lyle wrote in about our comics episode. Thanks for giving comics the attention they deserve. However, I'm a little surprised there was no mention of web comics. Oh, As a kid who loved comics but had no money or interest in superheroes, webcomics were my door into exploring the comics world. Typically, the comics author will post a page or more online on a specific schedule free for anyone to read with donations highly appreciated. As a trans man and artist, my favorite thing about them is that webcomics can be about anything and there's no publishing company dictating what topics an author can and can't have published. They aren't for everyone, but if there's a story you aren't seeing told at your comic shop, you're bound to find it in a webcomic. Some recommended authors are Tom Siddle, Emily Carroll, Deershing Helmer, Ariel Reese, a- Evan, Dom, Tracy J.
1: Butler, and Magnolia Porter. Oh wow! We should do a web comics episode. Yeah, because I love web comics. I don't really read them, but I'd like to know more about them. I am and when a we big do fan. these episodes, I do research. Yay! <laughs> so, Aaron wrote in about our book shame episode. One of the genres that gets overlooked for book shaming is the guy's Harlequin of boilerplate actioners, cheap series books with names like Mac Thrustman is the Executioner, Part Fifty Three. The bloodening. I feel like I dated a guy named Mac Thrustman. <laughs> Thrustman. <laughs> they often are set in a post-apocalyptic worlds or war-torn regions of endless conflict, and every character introduced stays alive for the entire series, and all the protagonists are incredible death machines, but also extremely stoic and grim and have a variety of scars. Right I'm on. Sure. They seem to be an offshoot of the old actioners in the, in the 30s and 40s, Doc Savage or the Spirit Mold, and while there's not much to them. I used to think less of guys who read them, but what the hell? If that's what they like, it's still using your imagination to build a world, a simpler one that makes for a nice break from reality where the good guys are going to win and they're always going to do the right thing for a given value of right. I stopped scoring other people's reading habits when I was listening to a prisoner advocate years ago, and he said, I've never heard someone say that they were in prison because they only read comic books. I constantly hear them say that they're in prison because they can't read. That sentence changed a lot of my thinking. Aw, Aaron, we're with you on that. Really are, and now I'm very interested in these, like, guys a harlequin. I'm going to get you the Max Thrustman series, all parts
0: 1 through 53, Bria. (laughs) So you can email us at readingglassespodcast
1: at com. As always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group. Go over there and check it out. They're always talking about what they're reading. It's, it's going to be a thousand exciting. people in there pretty soon. Super exciting. And also Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. And Reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts
0: of the show through Greta. Go to com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite Reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media.
1: In Reading Glasses news, uh, we have decided, if, if you notice, we do a book tech about once a month these days. And we are right now personally buying those. So what we decided to do is set up an Amazon wish list account that you can go in and you can purchase things for Reading Glasses, weird things that are on Amazon for our 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 book tech review section. Yes. And right? we will... You can get it. It will be sent to
0: us and we will test it out and talk about it on the show and hopefully it'll be interesting and not terrible. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so we picked out a bunch of weird stuff. We put it on our Amazon wishlist. It's everything from like... Additional weird reading lights. We're going to talk about reading lights today. Mm-hmm. To book socks, to all, all candles sorts of stuff. that smell like books. Hopefully, we'll go over better than the book
0: perfume. Yeah.
1: So, if you're interested in sending us a little gift, go to our wish list, and we'll definitely give you recognition if you buy something off that wish list for us. Absolutely. And if you guys ever have suggestions
0: for book tech that you want us to to review, just email us or tweet at us. We'll totally check it out. We're always looking for suggestions. So, before we talk about bestseller lists, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is is supported in part by Zola. They're reinventing the wedding planning
1: and registry experience to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier. Zola Registry has what you'd find in a great department store, plus things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and much more. It's easy to use for couples and their guests. They have
0: over 500 top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds. Their
1: group gifting feature lets multiple guests contribute to big-ticket gifts. They offer price matching and free shipping every day. Yeah, and we actually got to explore the site a little bit. They have all sorts of really cool stuff on there. It's
0: super easy to use. Yeah,
1: if there's anything you were thinking you wanted, they definitely are going to have it on there. And it's sort of a new way to do wedding registry they even had pet stuff which was very impressive to me not like if your pets get married but like if you have pets (laughs) and you can buy cute stuff for your pets i personally was very jealous of the orange juicer that was on there very Mm -hmm. exciting stuff and it's a really beautifully done website so it's not like people are just clicking on your regular other kind of registry site yeah it's gonna
0: snazz up your wedding
1: to sign up with Zola and receive a
0: fifty dollar credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash reading glasses. That's Z-O-L-A.com slash reading glasses. Hey everyone, Freddie Wong,
1: Matt Arnold, and Will Campos. Here to
0: tell you about Story Break, a writer's room podcast where every week we, the Hollywood geniuses behind video game high school, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an
1: awesome movie. Thrill as we weave the tragic tale of Jar Jar, a Star Wars story. We're going to double down on everything that made the prequels great. Yeah. Jar Jar, <laughs> trade <laughs> Federation, <laughs> politics. Gasp as we assemble a pantheon of heroes for the Kellogg Cinematic Universe. We could get rid of Snap Crackle, Pop, I wouldn't even miss them. You're crazy. They die in the second. oh come on
0: (laughs) and join us as we make fun of matt as he struggles to name a single beyonce song well yeah put a finger on it sure she wants to be beyonce put a Um, finger on it beyonce's
1: famous (laughs) song
0: will we break the story or will the story break us find out by joining us in the writer's room every thursday on maximumfun.org or wherever you get your podcasts All right, guys, this week we're decoding bestseller lists. There was a recent scandal when a debut YA author scammed her way onto the New York Times bestseller list, and a lot of people were surprised that was a thing that you could do. Here's the thing, folks. The New York Times bestseller list isn't objective. It's not actually a bestseller list. We're here to help explain how this list and all the other lists work. So, if
1: you want a, just a quick rundown how she did that because people were really shocked oh, yeah. that this could happen mm-hmm. and he was all over the news, not in book just in book news. Yeah, people actually, were talking like, about it. broke
0: into the mainstream.
1: Yeah, so basically she there's certain bookstores who they the New York Times report to the New York Times as the books, they, they report the books they sold, mm-hmm. and that's how books end up on the New York Times bestsellers, basically. Yes. And she and her publicist and whoever else was on her team but figured out who those bookstores were and went and ordered tons and tons of her books from just those bookstores, and it popped her up on the New York Times bestseller list. But they pre-ordered. That, that's right, the yeah, thing pre-order. is they didn't even yes, actually have them because the books – wasn't in stock. Right. So it just showed that she had all these pre orders. Right. Showed that she had hundreds and hundreds of pre orders at every, all of these bookstores that actually counted. Yes. So you can, you can game the New York Times bestseller lists. Yeah, that's just the way it works. Why is that possible? Well, first off, the AR Times list isn't the only
0: bestseller list, folks. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's just the big one, since New York City is like the king's landing of the publishing world. There are many other lists for other newspapers, book media outlets. There's the USA Today bestseller list, the L.A. Times bestseller list, Publishers Weekly, which is a publishing news outlet. Bestseller list, the indie bestseller list from all indie bookstores all over the country, the Amazon bestseller list. And this is just a few, these are just some of the big ones. If a book made these lists but not the list, aka the New York Times list, it'll usually be called a national bestseller.
1: And also, more importantly, what we're talking about probably is that these are the, the New York Times bestseller list is not actually a bestseller list, and a lot of them are not. There's not one big list. Of bestsellers, where everything gets reported across the board, you know, hardbacks, paperbacks, ebooks, whatever. It's all curated, and especially in the case of the New York Times, right? The formula for getting New York Times list is a closely guarded trade secret. It's compiled from certain bookstores. But not all of them. That's the thing. Not every single bookstore it reports to the New York Times right. bestseller list. which is why you can game it. But it has corporate and indie bookstores, yeah. as far as we know, all over the country. And some online sales, and everything is weighted differently. But there, there's some sort of secret, and yeah, yeah. It, nobody actually knows. Self-published books don't appear on this list, mm-hmm. and the editors take things into account like popularity and genre. But like, it, it is kind of a bizarro way that they do it. Yeah. So is that fair? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a little elitist the way yep. that they do it. Yep. But you have to also remember that these are just sales for one week at a time, too. Yeah. Right? So, So like, this is is week to week. So, one week, which is the week your book comes out, you have a ton of pre-orders. You're going to sell way more that week than the next week when your book is already out and there's another brand new book out. Yeah. Okay, do you want to know, Mallory... Uh, what book was the most frequent on the New York Times bestseller list of last year? Girl on the Train it was Paula Girl on Hawkins. the Train. <laughs> Girl on the Train is a hit. Fiction. This is a top. Yeah. And it was on there the most times. The weird thing is also you can't just look and say what book sold the most. Yeah, that's an impossible it's thing It's an impossible to do. number. You, actually, you can only see like, oh, it was on the New York Times bestseller list for five weeks, six yeah. weeks in a row or something like that. Do you want to know what the number one New York Times bestseller list is the top book fiction book right now as of this recording <sighs> Sleeping Beauties by Stephen King and Owen King This week number 1 right now is a Jack Reacher book called called The Midnight Line Jack Reacher book Who knew? Who knew? Who well actually Lee knew. Child
0: probably is always on there. So the Amazon bestseller list is similar because there are certain algorithms that make specific books pop up for Amazon customers. Books published by Amazon are going to get a bump there. And a lot of books get on bestseller list because the ebook was on sale on Amazon. I know people who made the bestseller list because their ebook was on sale for $1.99 one week. It, can, oh, all, it wow. can all yeah, it can all be luck and it can all be who else is selling a lot that week.
1: I have one more fact for you. Yes. Give it. What do you think is the best selling book of all time, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, and that does not include like non-copyrighted works like the Bible? The first Harry Potter. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> No, according to you, the Guinness Book of World Records, the be- world's all-time best-selling book is the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> I was gonna—that was my second guess. No so joke. It was published in 1955, global sales in some 37 languages have exceeded 124 million as of. I 2010, feel like Guinness, the, is, Guinness
0: Book of World Records is not allowed to. Uh, to publish facts about it. It was itself. such a
1: funny fact that I had to write it down because the Guinness Book of World Records announces it and they say, we're very proud of this one. But I feel like maybe, that was in 2010 Who's when gonna, they of it.
0: Who fact-checks the Guinness Book of World Records? That has to be somebody's job. Who does fact-check who, Can them? you pay them off? This sounds really strange. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... How does all this affect your reading life? You're listening to all this. You're like, what does this even mean? So when you pick up a book and it says bestseller on the cover, you think, oh, damn, a lot of people love this book. I should read it. And that's true. It's just not as true as you think. That most likely means that a lot of marketing dollars and networking went into it. And that's fine. Just remember, it's not the best way to judge the quality of a book or whether or not you should read it. Like, if you like reading buzzy books and following bestsellers, that's totally cool, awesome. But you should know how they work. And also, be sure to check out your local indie bookstore if you have one, since many of them will do their own bestseller list of what they've been selling the most of in the store. And that is not something that you can game. I mean, I guess if you, like, went in and,
1: like, actually did order 30 500 books yeah okay that would I was actually just recently in Powell's in Portland and they have their own bestseller lists and it was very different than ones that yeah. would be in LA because they were almost all Portland centered books oh that's cool like um, actually Colin Malloy's Wildwood was up there the one that was from years ago Oh, that's because awesome. I think a lot of people in Portland want to read a Portland based book people in Portland love Portland let's be real
0: you know
1: what? Go for it. I, I mean, I love Portland, too, but they, people in Portland want to read books you know, about Portland. More power to Portland. Mm-hmm. Bria,
0: do you follow bestseller lists that they factor into your reading life at all?
1: No, not really. It was funny when we were doing this episode because I was trying to think of any bestseller list that I ever look at. I mean, so when I pick up a book and it says bestseller, I take that into account. I think about that. I like when I see that and then I'm like, oh, maybe obviously someone likes this book, right? one person if it's on a bestseller list one other person has read the book and enjoyed it it's not you you're not the first so i mean at that level you know that it is a book that is probably readable the one thing i do sort of follow them about and this is a little inside baseball but i when i see someone i know that has a book on the bestseller Yay. list that's really exciting like felicia day's book uh, her memoir was on there the first week or a couple weeks that it oh after, yeah you're
0: you're not you're you're only weird on the internet or you're not weird on the internet
1: yeah, you're not. You're only weird on the internet. <laughs> I'm sure that's true for some people. <laughs> yeah, and so I was excited to see that. But that's about the only time I really pay attention to the New York Times bestseller. Although sometimes I'll throw it out there when someone's like, "Oh, what about this book?" I'm like, "Well, it is a New York Times bestseller," but it's not <laughs> like it really plays into what I'm going to read next. Gotcha. Okay, what about you?
0: <sighs> not really. I'm I'm sort of the same boat. The only bestseller list I really keep an eye on is that indie bestseller list, and mm-hmm. that's that's when I'm book
1: shopping at indie bookstores. Um, you mean like the ones that the bookstores do? and there's not like yes. a, you're not looking online at an indie bestseller list. I know.
0: Sometimes I will look at the actual, like with capital letters, indie bestseller list. Oh, oh. Because there's an independent booksellers association. And this list is obviously more independent and less swayed by big marketing dollars. And the indie booksellers hand sell a lot of books that they personally love. And indie bookstores get to choose what books they sell. So I find it really interesting to see what books make this list because it's actual people. It's not like a marketing team that's like, we want to put a bunch of money into this book and do a big push on it. Which is nothing wrong with. But I think this is a little, you know... It's more interesting to me because you often see a lot of small press books on this list that you wouldn't otherwise hear about that are making it just because people like them as opposed to it having, you know, a big. PR team behind it. Right. So that stuff really, really interests me. And I found a lot of really great books because of that. Uh, Her Bodies and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado that just came out recently was on that list. And I saw that and bought it and was like, ooh, this sounds amazing. And it was. So, yeah, I just like, again, because the the big one in the New York Times bestseller list is like, actually, guys, there's an editor for the bestseller list for a reason. It is edited. It is curated. It's right. not, they don't there's not like a guy with like a big thick pair of glasses every week, like looking at a looking at a tally of numbers to see who is the bet who who sold the most. That's not how this works. So that doesn't I don't know, it just doesn't really interest me. It yeah. doesn't affect
1: my it doesn't affect my reading as much. Sometimes, Sometimes it's I'll be funny like, that both of us don't really pay attention. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people do. I'd love to hear from listeners who do go and look and read them all.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people who like literally read the New York Times like, in print and, like, look at the book every week. And for an author, it's great. It's, you know, free publicity. Sure. It's, you know, a lot of people read that every week and they're like, oh, I've never heard of this book, but it's a New York Times bestseller. I should pick it up. And a lot of bookstores will do, like, the New York Times bestseller list, table, Here, you know, here are all the books that are on the list. But I don't know. I guess uh, I... Don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's funny because you and I, when we did our awards episode, we were much more like, "Oh, we do read the awards and we care about what you know, books get nominated." But it's funny—we neither of us are really big on the bestseller world.
0: Yeah, right? I don't know. I guess it just like <sighs> there's so much that goes into things being bought. Yeah. We, and we both of us know this as creatives and filmmakers. Yeah. There's so much that goes behind, you know, there's so many people who buy things just because people buy things because they see them. Right. So it's, I know we both of us know that it's not necessarily a uh, reflection of quality or a good book. So, yeah. yeah, I guess I'm just, well, both of us are also a little biased because we're in the book world a
1: lot. It's true, or, like, I don't necessarily... I'm not necessarily reading what the general population is reading. You know, I like, when I think about, like, what books I'm going to be... I'm not going to read probably the most popular, the John Grisham books. Like, it's just not what I'm... It's not what I'm drawn to, but that at this point... Maybe there was a time when I was younger that I was, like... I mean, I do like a buzzy book. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there was definitely a time where I was, like, oh, I'll read whatever is popular, like, because that's all I know. But now that I, like, have really honed in what I want to be reading, I'm definitely taking... I, I just don't take a lot of that kind of stuff into account because I'm like, well, that's just not me. Well,
0: we're both big genre readers and there's been controversies over the years about genre books that sold very well being left off the list. Like romance mm-hmm. is a huge seller mm-hmm. and it never ma- no, those books never make the list. Um, when The Exorcist came out, as you guys know, I'm a big horror reader, and there was a big controversy because it was selling tons, and it didn't make the New York Times list because it's a horror book. Oh wow! And I read a lot of horror, so that though, and for someone who is into genre, it's not as much. The New York Times is much more of a traditional publishing thing, so it focuses a lot more on like big sellers, like you know mysteries and thrillers, Lee Childs and John Grishams of the world, and literary fiction. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's it's what you like. And there's nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with following it and reading those books. It's just our own personal reading tastes.
1: So, yeah. So send us your thoughts about Bestseller lists Reading Glasses Podcast, and gmail.com. We really want to hear them. And if you follow them, we want to know about that. And before we talk about book lights, we're going to take a quick break.
0: Sorry about that. Just had to dispatch some goons real quick. Hi, I'm April Wolf, lead film critic at LA Weekly. And when I'm not kicking butt, I'm hosting the new Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in-depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. Let's look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This week, Bree and I look at some book lights. There are a bunch of different kinds of book lights. When we say book lights, we mean lights to read with. In the dark. In the dark, or if you know you don't oh, have very yeah. good vision, like yeah, I true. do, the one that we're viewing this week is the pretty basic model. It's available on Amazon for ten bucks, and you get it to gave it to me for my birthday. Yes, yeah, so I this shouldn't this is tell the one I'm talking. We're yes. talking about, right? Okay, I'm just making sure. Uh, and there are other options with multiple bulbs, flatter ones, ones that look like a clear light up book page. There's tons and tons of different book lights, but this is like the the one that clips onto the back of the book and has yeah. a little bendy arm. Yeah. Is, are, is it worth it to spend the extra money on another book light? Bria, what did you think about this simple, plain book light? Okay, I hate to complain
1: about this it's fine. Book, the it's gift fine. you gave me for my birthday. It's fine. it's fine. But can I make a really weird complaint? It's too bright. <laughs> <laughs> this light has it's too much light in it. <laughs> this light is so bright. So <laughs> as you know, I'm generally an e-reader, so I'm using my little backlit candle. Which I, so the time when I use it, when I use a book light, or I read a lot in the middle of the night when I wake up, right? So that's which, why I bought it for you. Yeah, I know. Cause, and, and I don't read many physical books because I don't have a book light and I don't want to wake up the person sleeping next to me. But when I put this, turned this on in the middle of the night, <laughs> I was very excited. I turned it on and it, it was, felt like whoosh. a flood of light. <laughs> And it's your also, cat ran from the room. It was just so bright, and you know when you're in the middle of the night, and your eyes are kind of like squinty closed, and you yeah. like are like, oh, and like I got, I wear glasses, so it's like everything is like hard in the middle of the night, <laughs> and it was so bright that I had to kind of like put it under a pillow a little bit to dim it, <laughs> and then I also Maria it puts her sunglasses. on. It's also the middle of the night. <laughs> sunglasses. It's also the middle of the night. And I couldn't figure out how to do the clippy thing, because I'm not okay. I'm just like not versed in book lights. I need a. <laughs> If Apple Store has, like, a genius bar for a book (laughs) light. That's what I need. Some man in a polo shirt comes over and helps you out. So what I ended up doing was kind of holding it away from the book and just holding it instead of clipping it. Just put some cat fur over the bulb. I just couldn't. Well, but also I couldn't clip it, so I was just holding it because I just didn't want to deal with the. So it's just like a little flashlight? I could have used a (laughs) (laughs) flashlight. But this is like your book light. Tell, tell people about it. You love this book light. I, I'm a big fan of this book light. Mostly, I like this one because you don't need batteries and you recharge
0: it with a USB cable. Oh, which that's is nice. pretty sweet. The reason why we both have this book light is because we both use them when our boyfriends go, go to sleep. My problem with it is that uh, I have six cats. I used to have two and then I moved in with my boyfriend and now we have six cats and the cats think that this is a toy, especially since oh. uh, if it's the only light and the, it's the only thing, literally the only thing that they can see and it's like like a little dangly thing. And so dodging the cats is really difficult. And also if the book is really, really big, I have to constantly like readjust the, the area of lit space
1: because... Because you're using the clip. Oh, yeah. you use So you wake up. You clip put it the to book the back out of, and you clip the oh, book, you know, clip you want, it on. You want to know a
0: little hack?
1: Yeah, book hack? Go.
0: <laughs> I set it up before the oh, lights Oh,
1: See, actually that's a great idea because it's just in the I just can't handle it in the middle of the night. It's too much. It's too much and I'm like trying to read on my stomach how I read. It was just like a lot. Oh no, I set it up so that when when I go to sleep, there's the book my book
0: with my book light, my, my water bottle, my mouth guard, my glasses. <laughs>
1: All the mouth things guard. you... I have to sleep in the You know, garden. all those other things I'd be like, okay, okay, nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I clench my teeth. I have to sleep in the mouth guard. Wow, you really, like, you really I know, achieved peaked nerddom.
0: It is a miracle that anyone has ever had sex with me. <laughs> it is It is a mir- miracle. I I think the... I, nobody, because I don't believe in anything, but, man, it's, it's amazing that I've ever had a date. So, okay, well, how many
1: pages do you give this? This is a
0: five out of five for you? Uh, it's a four out of five just because sometimes I have to readjust it if the book's really big. Oh, right, right, right. But I do highly recommend getting this book light if you want to read at night without bothering your significant other. Or, you know, if you're camping or you live in a cave. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever. You live in a, I, I don't a think dark dark I would... clock tower <laughs> with no, Hell, no outside will, lighting. That's where I want to live. Um, I don't think I need a fancier one. I, I just, you know, it's just,
1: I just need a light. Nice, plain, and simple. Like I was going to say, I want a hands-free one, but I guess this is a hands-free, it's to be hands-free. one. I just have been using my hands. You guys set it up before. Yeah, All set right. yourself up for I, this success, is, for This is like a three out of five, two out of five, two point five out. Of, it's too bright, too bright for me. <laughs> I'm just rubbing in a little mud, <laughs> which I know is a real complaint,
0: weird complaint for a light. <laughs> That's amazing. So, now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Amanda writes in, I'm in my 30s and I have been a rabid reader all my life. I'm old enough to remember reading without a cell phone by my side. It seems like I would devour books much faster and get engrossed in them on a deeper level without this little pocket computer with me. I find myself sitting in my chair reading my book, but then I'll see a notification on my phone and be like, oh, hey, someone just liked my photo or, oh, good, my Sims are done eating toast and <laughs> drop my book and pick up my phone. If I turn my phone off, I run the risk of not being constantly available. Another challenge of Cell phones. How do I train myself to get
1: back to pre-phone levels of book immersion? Do others have this challenge? First of all, I have to say others definitely have this challenge. I feel like this is the number one question we get. Oh my god! All, yeah, that's why we're you know yeah people are so this is this there people are like but how do you read like people, yeah. that's the I feel yeah. like when I tell people we do this podcast people go but when do you have the time to read? So Mallory, what do you do? Uh, yes, a lot of
0: people have this challenge. A lot of people write in. A lot of people ask us. People are always wondering how to get reading done when you have a phone available. And my first thought is, Amanda, I don't think you need to be constantly available. Unless I agree. you're a firefighter or a nurse or Batman, you don't need to constantly be <laughs> attached to your phone. When I'm settling in for a big reading session for me, which is like six hours or (laughs) even like a small one, like a half an hour, I put my phone in another room on vibrate no matter what. You can be offline for at least a half an hour. Social media can wait for at least that long. If you need to, try downloading apps. There are uh, a few of them that turn off notifications for certain things or like straight up won't let you use social media for however much time you set it for. Like you just like, you'll go to open Twitter and it'll be like, no, and a phone, a hand will come out of the phone and hit you in the face or something. I found that once I got in the habit of being okay, and this took about a week for me uh, with leaving my phone away from me for a while, it got a lot easier. It's like breaking an addiction. It really, really is. Yeah. What do you do, Bria?
1: We're actually getting into like phone addiction advice, but I do think about this quite a bit because I definitely have a phone addiction like everybody else in all parts of the world, I guess, at this point. I have turned off all notifications on my phone as far as Twitter, Instagram, any of those things. None. Same. I get zero. And I also. Don't even do vibrate anymore. I just have it on silent 100% of the time. and So I get notifications for phone calls and text messages. Same. But I don't – it doesn't vibrate. It doesn't make a noise. And if I know – if you know you have a call coming in or something like that, just turn on your ringer and yeah. turn it off when, you, when you're done or when you go into a movie theater or something like that. Now, this is obviously advice for me, but I don't want to be 100% available all of the time oh, to same. people. And you actually don't need to be. If no. you – text someone and they don't reply for two hours they're just busy
0: yeah it's okay man it's okay and
1: people can't expect you to be available all of the time and this is just all my whole you trying to be for me personally i just it's felt that life i advice wasn't for mallory and Bria. <laughs> i just felt like i wasn't being present all the time i felt like i was constantly looking at my phone and wondering what was going on and especially i had an apple watch for a hot minute oh my god oh because it would t- it would it taps you on the wrist Is there a bug on your computer? Yeah, an ant just crawls across the outline. I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the Apple phone like taps you on the wrist when you get a notification that, I'm
0: getting an anxiety attack just having you tell me about that yeah
1: and it, it made me it turned me into an asshole because like someone would text me and I would immediately look at my wrist and people would think I was looking at the time and they're like are at the they're like are go. you bored because that's universal uh, like like sign for I'm bored what time is it I'm going to leave that's like that hilarious. was hilarious and also from a rating standpoint you can't really again you can't
0: get really engrossed you can't really concentrate if you're looking up at your phone every two minutes
1: Yeah, which is why I kind of like reading on planes and things where there's absolutely no distractions. So anyway, I know I've talked about this before. My other last piece of advice is to take a social media break one day a week. Mm -hmm. I know, and it's actually so fucking hard. You don't think it's going to be hard and you're like, oh, I could do that, but it's really, you can't do it. It's going to be hard and you can do it. And the first day you do it, you're gonna pick up your phone a hundred times, and you're gonna to look to go to Instagram and or whatever your social media addiction of choice is, and you're gonna go, "Oh, you know what? I'm not doing social media today." And then you put it down, and then five minutes later, you pick it up again. Yep. My suggestion for when you start doing this is open up your Kindle app. If you have, if you pick up your phone, you open up an app. Open up the fucking Kindle app. Like that's something you could be doing. You could do this on your social media day off. That's really smart. Or you can do it just any day of the week if you're getting addicted to your phone. You find that you want to look at. Something. I promise the weird thing about doing a social media break is the day after you pick up your phone way less. Oh yeah, it's great. So I, I usually do it on Saturdays, although I've gotten bad into done it on like Sundays or Mondays or whatever. Anyway, but I'll find that the next day I'm not as interested in my social media. But then by the time the week rolls back around, it's again really hard on that yeah. Saturday, which it is really so is. weird. I understand this problem though, because we are expected to be constantly available, and so anything that you need to be present for is hard. Well, and with social media, it's a constant stimulation. You're getting stuff
0: thrown at you five zillion, you know, five zillion times every two seconds. But when you're reading, you're absorbing information at a slower, less frantic pace, and your brain's like, "But no, I want, I want all the stimulation. I want all the pictures and gifts and shiny things and noise and lights." And
1: you're, it, it takes a little while for you to just calm down yeah but i do think that like setting aside 20 minutes don't look at your phone for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and and you know yeah set it on mute set it take off the vibrates you can't even feel that yeah just do one chapter read for 20 minutes and that you're gonna be surprised how you feel very good after that yeah it makes you
0: feel better and also uh, my tip for this too is if you're if you're quitting trying to get uh, uh, out of your phone Pick you know, pick a book that's a thriller. Pick a book that is easier, to, easier to read, oh, yeah. and more engrossing. That way, you know it'll it it's uh makes it easier for you to get more in the habit of reading. Don't pick up War and Peace and try to go from <laughs> going on Instagram to
1: reading that. You yeah, know. give your, you know set yourself up for success. True. But if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show,
0: please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. It makes me really happy. Reading Glasses is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to gretta.com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite Reading Glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish Adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading.
1: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist
0: owned. Listener supported.